0: And tomorrow marks the second anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, the biggest conventional war on the European continent since World War II, costing the lives of more than 100,000 people, countless more injured and missing, and causing more than 4 million Ukrainians to seek refuge right across Europe, including here in Ireland. Yet still, Russian President Vladimir Putin shows no sign of changing course, especially now that Ukraine appears to be running short of vital artillery ammunition. The EU and G7 countries have imposed the greatest sanctions regime ever against Russia, while the war is also challenging long established assumptions about European security. Our Europe editor, Tony Connolly, reports.
1: One, two, three, Ukrainian medics at a field hospital near Avdivka tend to comrades with horrific injuries. Like Bakhmut, the city has, for both sides, become synonymous with the meat grinder effect of Russia's invasion. Under relentless bombardment since October, Avdivka finally fell on February 17th, when Ukrainian units, desperately short of artillery shells, finally withdrew.
0: We can get our land back.
1: And Putin can lose. The day Avdivka fell, Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky told delegates at the Munich Security Conference that the artillery shells and long-range weapons needed were being held back artificially.
0: Artificial deficits of weapons, particularly in deficit of artillery and long-range capabilities allows Putin to adapt to the current intensity of the war.
1: Putin's momentum on the battlefield and that artificial deficit, say critics, is thanks to Republicans in Congress who are blocking a $60 billion military aid package. Republican Senator J.D. Vance
0: says the problem lies in Europe. Europeans, I think, have this sense that the main problem with support for Ukraine is political will in the United States of America. The main problem is that we don't manufacture enough weapons. If you look at critical systems, the Patriot missile, the the Javelin system, uh, the PAC-3, which is a Patriot interceptor, these critical weapon systems are in very short supply. The problem is not American willpower or American money. The problem is that NATO doesn't make enough of its own stuff.
1: NATO doesn't make weapons, rather it's down to defense spending by NATO members, most of whom are increasing defense budgets. That's not impressing Donald Trump, who says that if elected president, he won't necessarily defend Europe. USA! USA!
0: One of the presidents of a big country stood up and said, well, sir, uh, if we don't pay and we're attacked by Russia, will you protect us? I said, you didn't pay, you're delinquent. He said, Yes, let's say that happened. No, I would not protect you. In fact, I would encourage them to do whatever the hell they want. You got to pay.
1: You got to pay your bills. Mark Rutte, outgoing Dutch Prime Minister, widely tipped to take over as NATO Secretary General, says spending more on defense is not just to appease Donald Trump. And if uh, Putin will be successful in Ukraine, that will have an impact on all of us in terms of our collective safety and defense. And we should, because you also mentioned the West, the US, stop moaning and whining and nagging about Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do not spend more on defense or we ramp up ammunition production because Trump might come back. Mm -hmm. So we have to do this because we want to do this, because it is in our interest. All of this has intensified the debate in Europe about defence. Ursula von der Leyen, now running for a second term as Commission President, supports the idea of an EU defence commissioner.
0: The European Union has to step up its defence uh, industrial base without any question. And therefore, we have to be much better in defence production. Therefore, the European Commission will in about three weeks present a defence industrial strategy.
1: The death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny and the fall of Ivdivka occurred within 24 hours of each other and represent a powerful and, to many, chilling inflection point for European security that Europe's going to actually have to stand up here and try to figure out how they're going to deter Russia over the longer term, not just helping Ukraine to withstand this onslaught. Fiona Hill was an intelligence analyst on Russia in the Bush and Obama administrations and was a policy advisor to Donald Trump. She currently works for the Brookings Institution. But the Russians are building up their military capacity. Europe has been, of course, uh, disinvesting in its military capacity for uh, a very long uh, period now. And Russia has no intention of stepping back from this. So they're dealing now with a Russia that's in a completely different realm from what they might have envisaged. If the Kremlin's not going to step back, then EU sanctions against Russia will perhaps need to do more heavy lifting. David O'Sullivan, a former senior Irish official in the European Commission, is currently the EU's sanctions envoy.
0: It's tragic that this war has continued, of course, and and the people are dying and innocent civilians are still being killed by by, by Russia's attack. But, of course, the responsibility for that, unfortunately, lies with Mr. Putin. He has the ability to stop this war at any time. Uh, I think the people of Ukraine have shown enormous courage uh, in in defending themselves. Um, I think they have maybe not made as much progress in the recent months as people might have wished. But the fact remains that Russia holds less territory now than it did when they first invaded, which is already a victory for Ukraine. In the meantime, I think the rest of us just have to support them in every way possible. That includes the um, military assistance, that includes the macro-financial assistance and, of course, the contribution of sanctions to undermining Russia's ability to continue to pursue this war. David O'Sullivan there, the EU sanctions envoy and former EU ambassador to Washington, ending that report from our Europe editor, Tony Connolly.